What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. We are so thrilled to be here, and we're so thrilled to have our special guest today, Senior Pastor Matt Reed. Hey guys, nice to nice to finally be on. You guys like waited three other people before you invited me. Well, I'm pretty sure you were extended an invite like August 21st, but uh, yeah, you're probably right. I probably forgot. Yeah, I could imagine that things were probably a little bit busy, but yeah, there's a little bit going on, just a little, so <laughs> not too bad. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I think Joey, you had a first question for him. I just, did. What is your job? What is my job? Well, I think that's the question we're all trying to figure out right now is, uh, uh, so no, August 20th, I became the senior pastor of uh, Jersey church, uh, only the second senior pastor in the church's, uh, 43 uh, year history. Um, and I've been doing it for like 120 days now. Uh, pastor John obviously did it for 42 and a half years or something like that. So he did it, um, before me. And uh, it's pretty amazing to have somebody here for 40 years. That's uh, like the average pastoral stay is like under three years. Um, so he like blew that out of the water, obviously, uh, and did a fantastic job while doing it. So, uh, so yeah, so as a senior pastor, um, it's all of pastoring plus making sure that the church doesn't burn down. I think that's the, that's the best way to put it. Um, but so, so that's Pastor John. Pastor John was senior pastor for 15,462 days. And oh, did you figure that out? Yeah. Well, yeah, it was called a calculator. <laughs> and so the calculator yeah. figured it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. That's good. So he's figuring it out right now. <laughs> yeah. I added a few days in there, you know. So what's the percentage out. of my 120 days to his 15,000? Let's I see. Thought you were I'll tell you. So Joey, what math class are you in right now? Fifteenth, I am in quantitative reasoning. Oh, perfect! That sounds smart. That sounds smart. Uh, it is, but I am not. So, <laughs> it is fifteen thousand five hundred and sixty-seven days. All right, and what's the percentage of a hundred days of that? Oh, yeah, not not very large. I don't even think that'll be one percent. Oh no, there's no way. No. Yeah, there's no way. It's so point I've, two, I've been point three. Yeah, I've been senior pastoring uh, uh, less than one percent of what Pastor John did. So, oh yeah, for sure. So, how how do you feel like you know? You feel like you can make it fifteen thousand something more days? Yeah, I I hope so. Right? Like, uh, what's Joey showing us? Zero point seven two zero three percent. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, so not even one percent. Yeah, no, I think I can. I think the the biggest change is. Um, it's really just the busyness. Um, I, I go from one thing to the next. And uh, usually when I was next gen minister, I, you know, I felt like I had time to breathe in between things. Um, and so more than ever, I protect that little time that I do have uh, just to spend with the Lord, to spend in prayer, because uh, things get crowded up pretty quick. Uh, there's just so much happening here, so much good stuff happening. You know, I got people knocking on my door, asking about um, just the future of their ministry and, and wanting to know what I think and, and if I have any thoughts. And, and man, it's been fun to kind of see, you know, all that Jersey does. I mean, you know, I've been here almost nine years as the next gen pastor, and uh, I didn't realize all that Jersey did for caring for people and, and helping them through tough times, but also, you know, just ministries of, 
of you know just surprising ways surprising things like uh people we got people that make blankets for for people with cancer we got um divorce care you know we've got divorce care for kids um we got benevolence you know with the the high uh interest rates and things like that we got more benevolence than we ever had before and and so just everything and then you got the normal ministries like what you know tyler what you do in our student ministry our kids ministry our our grow groups uh worship you know so so yeah, so I think that's the the biggest change, just the busyness that comes with all that. But it's been fun to be part of. Yeah, you're, um, you're pretty busy. I see you sprinting to the bathroom like quite often. I do, I do. Got, I, I like try to run. So, um, well, so. I found running gives me like 30 seconds more time just to take a breath. So I run yeah. to the bathroom or I run to my car or I'm sure people I meet with think I'm crazy because I'll get out to the parking lot and once I say bye, I'm like jogging to my car. So plus and my then, son and then I- you're out of breath from running. That, that's true. Then I'm out of breath. Uh, but my my son, uh, who's seven, and I have a contest. He's got a Fitbit that counts as steps. And uh, my wife got me an Apple Watch. And so um, he beats me pretty much every day. I think it's because like one of my strides equal like six of his. But mm. um, yeah. there are days he beats me and he doesn't even take it to school. So the running helps with that too. So Nice. That's Very pretty cool. awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Well, hey, we got a, we got a list of some rapid fire questions. All right. All right. Let's do most, it. Most of these are from students. Oh, okay. All right. Even better. So we got Christmas Eve coming up in, in a couple of weeks. What is the drip for Christmas Eve? And I don't, I don't know if they're asking me what, what, it, what is your drip or what is appropriate drip for Christmas Eve? What would you say? So, so first of all, I have no idea what that question means. What's a drip? The drip. The drip. Joey, can you it's explain like, it to him? I will try my best because I really don't understand most of the slang of my generation either. But the drip is supposed to be like the coolest clothes, you know, like, oh, like what to make it make more sense. What is the drippiest or like the coolest or most fashionable or trendiest whatever thing that that they the person who asked that question could wear for Christmas Eve? All right. Well, so um that is not really in my area of uh, expertise, but I can say the shirt I'm currently wearing will probably be the one I wear on Christmas Eve because I was told forest green is the color we are shooting for. So, yes. Did Bonja um, tell you that? Because I heard Bonja's telling people what color to wear. Yes, Bonja told me that. And he you know what? Told- Bonja runs that stage, so I'm yeah. going to get dressed up like he tells me to. He I, I asked him that. if he wanted me to wear like like – like a pink sweater. And he was like, no, I think, I think he actually said this shirt fits. So I told him I'm going to bring him options. I'll go home, talk to my wife. And, uh, but green, green is the color of the, of the Christmas. This year. Green, like Huntington university. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Tyler, shameless you be loaded plug. with this stuff. You <laughs> yeah. Be loaded with okay. this color. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. Um, I mean, I have some stuff, but not a lot. So yeah. Mm. For, forest, yeah. Forest green. He, he, Bonja didn't tell me what to wear for, Christmas Eve, maybe. I don't know. Well, um, I, I think I have a, a part that's kind of like in the middle of the service, they've told me. So we'll find oh, out. I, yeah, think, I think they're trying I think, to keep me far from the stage. I think Bonjo so, was actually saying to wear um, pink. Pink. Yeah. All right. He just told Pastor Matt no pink because just because he wanted to mess with them. But it's definitely pink, Tyler. It's so make sure you wear right, that. Well, I'll show him and I'll wear something pink. There we go. Oh, pink is probably and like an active color. Yeah, well, exactly. It's a guitar. Pink, pink Christmas, right? I've heard that before. Yeah. So yeah. it's a big Christmas color, so I get it. Yeah. So on the on the same topic of drip and clothes, your father-in-law, <laughs> who attends our church, 
Yes, he does. Uh, where he has some drip and a lot of multicolored pants. Um, yeah. Does he own yes, he does. a solid, like colored pair of pants? Like one color. He does, but solid. I think they're bright blue and bright red. So you might see okay. him in his bright red pants. Um, yeah, Sam is. Uh, he he rocks those uh, plaid pants. Um, and, uh, I mean, and to be honest, uh, you asked me Tyler one time, like, am I in the will to get the, I, I hope so. I hope I'm in the will to get some of those pants. <laughs> um, because, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, when you meet somebody at church and they say, have you seen plaid pants today? I'm like, who's plaid pants? And they, it's like that guy over there. It's like, well, that's my father-in-law and, uh, and no, uh, and yeah, so he's, yeah, Sam definitely knows fashion. Actually, most of, um, most of my clothes um, come from him. He likes to, he likes to get me clothes. So, which I don't mind because then I don't have to shop and do it myself. So maybe he could so teach he you a thing or two about drip. You know what? I'll ask him. I'll ask him. Um, I'll ask my 65 year old father-in-law if he, uh, if he understands drip, we'll see, uh, we'll see what he says, but, um, but yeah, but no, he, uh, let me tell you, man, he, um, he actually has one of the nicest shoe collections I think I've ever seen. I, I know now Gen Z might not think so, but I was, I'm very impressed by it. He, uh, he has these like real leather shoes that he like, and he knows how to take care of them. Like over the years he learned that. And so they're, they're like, they're nice. So Joe, we need to have him on the podcast sometime. Okay. Um, yeah, I really need to go introduce myself to people because everybody talks about Sam Coon and I've never met him. Yep. Yep. So, so, and you should. Everybody needs to know Sam Coon because yeah. he he might be the smartest man I've ever met. I'm not really? joking. Yeah. So, uh, and I and I've been to seminary. I've been in doctor level classes, and I still think he might be the smartest man I have ever met. I gotta go talk to him. Yep. No, fair, he's though. also he's also one of the most intimidating men I've ever met. So super intimidating. Uh, so I think you I think you should talk to him. I really okay. do because uh, I, I always hear great stories. So. All right. To be yeah, fair, no, I didn't. I didn't meet uh, Pastor John until his last week of working at the church. Are you serious? I didn't introduce, like, I oh, just passed him church. in the hall. Uh, eight years. Eight years. Wow. Yep. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You should, right. you, should, you should meet Sam Coon. I will. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I want to be there when it happens, actually. Okay, um, I'll have you point right, out for me, Tyler. You all might right, not be able good. to answer whatever question he asks. I'm just going to tell you that. Oh, boy. That's true. He statement. functions at another level. Oh, boy. All right, Pastor Matt, have you yeah. ever listened to secular music? I have. I've listened to it once okay. or twice. No, I'm kidding. Yes. Okay. What, who is your favorite favorite secular band, and why is it Coldplay? Why is it Coldplay? <laughs> okay, so it's not Coldplay. Um, oh, I, did, I was in college when uh, Coldplay came out, so I don't dislike Coldplay. Uh, now, so here's the thing about music for me. If a song makes me think or laugh, that's when I tend to like it. Like, I'm not like listening to it for the music. Like, oh, this is good music. Uh, so if a song makes me laugh, I will probably listen to that group more and more. Um, and But also, if a song makes me think, then I'll listen to it or I'll listen to the artist more. Uh, so I'm actually a big 80s music fan. So I like um, I like Queen. Queen probably ranks up there. Like, Under Pressure, I think is just a... Uh, phenomenal song. Um, and then um, I say, gosh, I say 80s music, but now I'm drawing a blank on all of them. Um, Survivor, that's another one, which I grew up on the Rocky movies. Like, good TV okay. show. Yeah, one through, uh, one through Apollo Creed. So uh, I actually haven't seen the Apollo Creed movies. I'm worried that they're going to ruin it for me. But I actually wrote a paper on that. That was my first college assignment in my the Rocky movies. 
uh apollo creed oh apollo creed. I, yeah. I need to see it everybody says it's good i liked yeah. rocky balboa um but um i wasn't sure i was worried that they wouldn't be good so i was going to give them a little time to see what people said but so talking, obviously like, like eye of the tiger and all that stuff this, yeah so talking about uh the rocky soundtrack made me think what was your like warm-up song before a wrestling match what song like got you pumped up all right, so uh, for anything, I, I don't use music to get pumped up. Really? I, I never have. No, I just kind of Did they not have, have music in Indiana? I, <laughs> <laughs> yes, they yeah. had music in Indiana, All but right. I did not really ever listen to it. Now, remember, so when I was in high school, the only way you could listen to music like privately was with like the bulky headphones and a CD player. And if you didn't have a CD player that didn't skip, then you would be walking around and it'd be like every other like line of the song would come through so you had to get a non-skip well i was i was i didn't listen to enough music to spend money on a mm -hmm. non-skip so i didn't like so i just never did it like now you uh, stick your phone in stick your headphones in you walk around and um but even when i'm working out still like if i'm working out a lot of times if i'm um just like on the treadmill or on the bike or on uh our elliptical i'm listening to some kind of podcast some kind of um mm -hmm. you know teaching so i'm not really always listening to music so now I like to listen to music like when I'm driving and uh, to be honest, I still listen to the radio. Now that's when you turn your car on and like numbers come up and you have to like program that. And it's, if, it's enough, if the numbers aren't working, it's going and you get it to a number and you can hear music. That's what the radio is in case you're wondering. Gotcha. You listen yeah. to AM, ra AM radio. No, I listen to FM. Okay. Oh, okay. Not, well, AM for sports. AM for oh, sports. Okay. But okay. so, yeah. So, Chipotle order tells a lot about somebody. What is your Chipotle Ooh. order? All right. So I usually go, uh, I get three tacos. I go the chorizo okay. and I get everything on it. Well, I shouldn't say everything. I get the corn salsa and the tomato salsa. And then so two uh, things. cheese and lettuce. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Oh, and you get the beans. You get the beans. I can't. I, I Black beans, oh. not brown beans. So those are my, that's my taco. It's getting worse. I get a burrito, double white rice, double steak, uh, a little bit of barbacoa on it. So I pay for triple meat, but oh, I'm telling you, it's so, so worth it. So worth it. It's like a $17 burrito, but it's like two meals. All right. So, yeah. guacamole on I get, too? I'm allergic to avocados, so I can't. Oh, You're allergic get, to avocados? I am. And bananas. I've never heard of that before. In my, and bananas? And bananas. Jeez. I've never heard of that before in my life. <laughs> Like what happened? Does your tongue swell up, or you just feel funny? It's my throat. It like uh -huh. closes shut. I never had to use an epipen though. All right, All right. Yeah. good for you. But then I get corn salsa, cheese, and sour cream. All right. All right. Well, so so that the tacos and the the burrito came out of when my wife didn't have and I didn't have any money. So mm. the 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 seventeen dollar burrito was like more than what we <laughs> both spend. So. um uh, so yeah, the three tacos, it's actually not any cheaper, but I like tacos. So yeah, tacos are good. Mm -hmm. What, so here's a question. What's the favorite place? What's your favorite place you've lived? So, I mean, you, you lived in Ooh, yeah. Indiana, middle of nowhere, Indiana. Yeah. Then you went to yeah. college in middle of nowhere, Indiana. And then you, you lived in Denver. You lived in Compton. You've lived in Blacklick. Yeah. So, I like, in well, and I lived well, in Seattle for, uh, for and summer. You lived in Seattle too. Okay. Yeah. So. Was your favorite place Compton? Was it Seattle? Was it Denver? Like, 
Blacklick. Yeah, yeah, definitely wasn't Compton. Uh, I did like California, but Compton was a little rough. Uh, When you go to bed and you hear gunshots, it's not always the most fun place to be. Um, But uh, Denver, man, I'll be honest, I love Seattle. I loved Seattle. Um, I lived in a, a suburb just south there called Auburn. And it was easy to get in the city. It was easy to get to the peninsula. Um, I could get to mountains. And the summertime, it's a lot like Midwestern summer. So it was still kind of humid and warm. But then the winter wasn't as cold. It was just rainy. You know, everybody talks about rain in Seattle. Uh, it's, it's, it's only during the winter. So I, I loved Seattle. I'd probably go back there. Um, obviously, Colorado. You, you can't beat the Rocky Mountains. Um, you know, we'd go back there in a heartbeat. If, if God called us, right. Like if we uh, felt called to, but, um, but man, I, you're going to laugh. My, my most peaceful place is walking through a cornfield in the middle of Indiana. That is where I feel like the most clarity of my mind. That's what I feel the most. Yeah. I mean, there's something about walking through that when you're in the country, cause that's, I grew up around cornfields and, uh, surrounded by them. So I, you just walk in them. And it's quiet and, you know, nobody wants to go to the cornfields in Indiana, so you're not going to run into anybody. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so even now we got a cornfield out back. If I'm trying to figure something out, I'll find myself walking out there. Oh. All right. So uh, tell us, tell us, let's talk about your childhood growing up in Indiana. What was it like growing <laughs> up in the middle of nowhere and, and, and Plymouth, Indiana? Tell, tell people about Plymouth if they are unfamiliar. Yeah. So Plymouth, uh, when I was growing up, was like a town of like 10,000 people. And uh, so it's actually, it's, it could be smaller. It could be smaller. Um, and it was, uh, they call it the crossroads of America because 30 and 31 cross in it. Now it's old 30 and, and 31. They built new ones. It's not in Plymouth anymore. Um, but um yeah, it's like the classic like Mayberry. You drive downtown and it has like the stores. Uh, we have a blueberry festival every year. Um, has like half a million people come to it. Kills all the grass right. in the park. Um, yeah, at one point it was like one of the biggest festivals in all the Midwest. Like in its way, I, I don't know how that worked with like Indianapolis and Chicago, but so I'm sure it was like maybe top ten with towns less than twenty thousand people. Um, I had friends that would uh, drive from Columbus to go to the blueberry festival. I mean, it's legit. You can get pretty much blueberry ice cream, blueberry donuts. Blueberry donuts still my favorite donut. Um, you get uh, blueberry pancakes. You, I mean, anything you could think about with a blueberry in it, you could you could get that. Plus all the normal uh, fair food. So like we would go there and we get walleye sandwiches. Sounds disgusting, but it's delicious. So only place I've ever eaten a walleye sandwich. Um, but yeah, so pork tenderloin. There. Isn't pork tenderloin big oh, in India? Yeah, the pork tenderloin's huge. I still, uh, when I go to fairs, I still get a pork tenderloin. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, uh, small town, my, my dad taught school, but he grew up like in the country country. Um, my grandpa was a farmer and, uh, and so like we burned wood growing up. So I, I split wood like from middle school on, like, that's how we burned wood. My dad and I would do these huge truckloads. Um, I, uh, you know, run the chainsaw, things like that. Um, we, we had a garden, you know, my dad loved to garden. Now he got rid of the garden after I got to middle school. Uh, just didn't have time for it, but um, but yeah, I don't know. What else do you want to know about small town life? I mean, I feel like a lot of people listening probably know small town life, right? Well, true, was we have a TV lot of black and white in county. Uh, no, the TV wasn't black and white, but my first TV, you had to get up and go turn the knob to change the channels. We didn't have a remote, wow, so my, my, uh, I guess the yeah. The other thing was we uh, we had an antenna, so you only got like four channels, and we my parents didn't get internet 
until 11 years ago. So they didn't get internet till 2012. I grew wow. up with no internet, no, no, nothing in my home. If I needed the internet, which I rarely did for school, we went into my dad's office and I used his school computer. So you would have to go into your dad's office to get on a school computer to upload your TikToks. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. I had to use a camcorder <laughs> to film the TikToks. <laughs> it was yeah, a lot of, okay. it was a lot of equipment. Yeah. Like you, you see those movies with the guy with the big camera on his shoulder, right? Like, that's what we had. Yeah, we thought we were, we thought we had like hit it big when the camcorder dropped to like this size. So, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, growing up in middle Indiana, what was your what was your youth group like? like oh yeah, were big church. <laughs> All right, so my my church story is interesting. When I was in third grade, my parents helped start a church that started with like twenty five people. So by the time I was in middle school we had like a student ministry of like 20 and it was sixth grade to seniors. So sixth grade to 12th grade. And uh, as I got old, when I was a senior in high school, it was me and two other guys. So group of 20, 25, uh, there were three seniors, no juniors, uh, no sophomores. And well, maybe one or two sophomores and then like six freshman girls. And then after that, it was like some seventh and sixth graders. So a lot of my, um, a lot of my uh, high school youth group was one step above babysitting. Like I'd show up, we'd have some, somebody's parents would be teaching a lesson, which was always good. Like I always liked the people that were the parents helping out, but they would teach and we'd talk about the Bible and we'd play a game. Um, of course I, you know, I played football, I wrestled like, so I'm a senior in high school playing like sports games against these sixth graders. So you're just like taking it easy on them. Um, and uh, unless one of them got cocky and then teach uh, uh, yeah, exactly. And so, and so we had fun. I mean, it was, that, that was it. But um, the two guy, I never really invited many people because everybody was a little bit different. And I mean, I liked them all, but I was used to church and, and people at church. Um, so they became friends of mine. Um, and then, um, but yeah, not, not, we never really grew very much. Now the church runs like 500, five, 600 and, you know, the youth group is, uh, you know, 40, 50 kids. So it's a lot, it's a lot different. Um, but no band, no band, no worship center. We met in a house, went in somebody's living room. We never actually had a building. Um, in fact, my dad and I would go to church at like seven in the morning and we'd set up church. We'd take down all these tables in this banquet hall, set up the chairs, put up the speakers, uh, go home, get my mom and my sister and then come back. Um, like that was like church for me. Um, so so yeah, it's a little bit different than Jersey. Um, a little bit more established here, Jersey. So yeah. So what is something you like wish your high school self knew? Like looking back and thinking. That's a good question. Um, that's a good question. I think if I could been if if I could go back and tell my high school self something, I think it would be just calm down, right? Just calm down. Um, you know, obviously I was like any other high schooler. I, I want to know which girl liked me. I want to know if the girl I liked, liked me. I want to know if people thought I was cool. Um, do they still use cool, Joey? Is that like a term that's understood? Yeah. Cool is fun. Or okay. hip. Or hip. Hip. Okay. Um, I wasn't sure if drip would fit there. You could um, say, you could say goaded. Goaded? I, no, I could not say goaded. I don't you, think I'm you capable. You better of that. go home and say all these things to your kids. <laughs> I'll ask them. I'll ask them. Caleb would well, probably. Okay, pick wait. Up on so, it. sorry. I'll get back to your question in a moment. But did you, um, 
do they use the word sick for like cool or hip or anything I'd like say, that? Yeah, I say sick and sweet. And yeah, whatever. is that like is that like old though? Like it's not like current language, is it? I don't know. I say it. All right, because I, I probably. I probably I, don't hear people say it very much, but yeah. See, I remember when I was in high school, somebody said that to me, and I was like, "What are you talking about? Like, are you like I'd never heard of that?" And he's like, "Well, it's like cool," and I was like, "Looking at him funny," and he was like trying to convince me that people in California said that in reference to things that were cool, and I kind of looked down, and was like, "That's dumb," and then all of a sudden, like you know, fifteen years later, I hear people saying it all the time. I was like, "Oh, I remember when that wasn't a thing. I thought it was dumb." Anyways. Uh, Indiana is behind the time. Honestly. We are. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so I, I would say, you know, just calm down, you know, like I think high schoolers, man, we get so they get, I got so amped up over what was happening. And the reality is like, it's only four years of your life and the social stuff, the social anxiety that comes is not worth it. Um, and, and I'll just, you know, and, even with girls, like, right. Like I didn't meet my wife in high school. I met her in college. Um, and if I go back and tell myself something, it's like, look, calm down about all this girl stuff. Like, like most high school relationships don't last anyhow. Um, so, so there, you know, there's stuff like that, but then also down into like the sports, you know, I was, I was super competitive in football and wrestling. And if I could go back, you know, I tell myself, look, work hard, but like, don't get too wrapped up in all this stuff because it's going to be over. And I, I mean, I have good memories of both those things. I don't think I'd change anything, but just tell myself to calm down. Like, it's going to be all right. Um, I think, too, like learning to do that in high school helps you with just real life, right? Like, like so many things have happened in my life since then that I've just said, be like, all right, God, I got to give this to you because I can't handle this. Um, I can't do that or I can't do this or I can't really control this. And and I, I feel like high school, if I could have start learning then, yeah, I think it would have made my college life and my 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 young adult life a little bit easier. So, yeah, so, that's Good. what I would say. Talking about college, um, that's where you met your wife, right? I did. I met her at college. You, you went to Lord. college. You went to college at um, Taylor University, real average mm -hmm. uh, Christian college in yeah. Indiana. Um, <laughs> so, did did you have Joey? Correct me if I say this wrong. Did you have Riz back in college? Okay, so what's funny is I think I know this one. Does that is that short for charisma? <laughs> is Riz short for charisma? Joey, Joey help him out. In regards with to girls, Joey, Joey, I need you to help him out. You're our Gen Z. You're you are. Uh, yeah, you're, you're a translator. <laughs> I need you to translate for me, Joey. Joey, Joey, your senior pastor needs you right now. This is your moment. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I think that's what it is. I think it's short for charisma. Charisma with girls, though. Yeah. Like, and that, yep. the, yeah. I don't know how I, somebody else told me that, like, in the sense of they were using that word. And I was like, I have no idea what that means. Um, I don't think I had charisma when it came to girls. I don't, I mean, I I dated. You can just say Riz. I don't know if I can do that either. I, I dated one other girl before my wife. And, um, and then I married my wife. Praise the Lord. She's the best thing that's happened to me. So. I would not say that I had Riz. So what do you think got Mary interested? Well, you can't tell it's my rugged good looks. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I don't know why she stays with me, but man, like that stays she, with you. I'm sure I'm sure you're a wonderful husband. Yeah, but no, I mean she is she is just amazing. Oh my I, I can be an idiot. I mean, that's the reality. I can be an idiot and and naive. 
Um, but uh, the way I'll just tell you a story, the way it worked out is I met Mary pretty early when I got to college and um, but we weren't real close. We were just in the same kind of group, friends group. And then my junior year, um, I had a buddy who I hung out with and I remember one Friday night, I was like, Hey, let's go do something. He's like, well, I'm going to hang over at Mary's Mary and, and Lacey's Mary's roommate was Lacey. And I said, all right, well, can I come? He's like, sure. So we hung out the four of us and we did that a lot towards the end of our junior year. Uh, and then starting, uh, our senior year, we had every class together without planning. Um, so like my senior year, fall semester, every class, but like one. And so I, the first class I walked in, I was like, oh, Mary. So I sat down next to her and the second class, I was like, oh, Mary. So I sat down and by the third class, we just kind of laughed and I just kept sitting with her. And um, I think there was one class where some guy sat between us and um, it was all right, but he was a little bit weird. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's just by the end, it was like around November and December, I was like, hmm, like, I really, I really like hanging out with her. Like, this is like, she's fun. And then we did this thing where she needed a date for a wedding. And so she asked me and we were just friends. And uh, I said, sure. And the wedding was in Columbus, which is like a three hour drive. So we drove three hours to Columbus and then we drove like three hours to Indianapolis to meet some friends. We hung out with the friends all day. We got home, like the whole group got home at like two in the morning. And as I was going to bed, my roommate asked me, he's like, hey, did you have fun? I was like, you know what? Like, you know, what's the most fun about all this is I, I just spent like 15 hours with Mary and it just flew by. Like, it was just, I mean, I, I, we just had fun and he was like, interesting. I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, normally you get annoyed by somebody maybe about halfway through and you have to like, maybe go to the bathroom for an extended period of time or like, Hey, I'm going to go do something else real quick. And, but nah, it was just fun being with her. And that was kind of the start of it for me. It was like November or December. Um, and then, uh, we started dating in February of our senior year. So, uh, so yeah, that was, um, and then got engaged that April. No, we did not. We were not ringed by spring. Uh, let's see. We got engaged December of the same year, though. So December 2007. Then we got married August of 2008. So look at me knowing those dates. Look at that. So, yeah. And then you got married at Jersey. Because that's where Mary grew up. Yeah, Mary, Mary grew up Jersey. in Jersey. Did you ever think, I might work at this church one day? No, no. But uh, so Pastor John did our premarital. And I remember after he did our wedding and we were just kind of talking about everything. I was like, you know what? I feel like he's the type of guy I'd like to work for just to like learn the ropes. Like, I think he would be great. You know, somebody like him to be great to just learn ministry from. And, uh, and so it was, so it was 2008 and, uh, what year is it? So I came in 2015, he called me, uh, at the end of 2014. So they had a spot open. So, I mean, we just kind of stayed in contact and, uh, not a lot, but like when I go home for holidays, we'd see him and, uh, he took me hunting a couple times. So, so yeah, I just got to know him that way. So let's, let's talk about your return to Jersey. So I remember end of 2014, beginning of 2015, we see this uh, resume floating around us. We're looking for a, a, a next gen pastor. Yeah. Because uh, Todd moved over from next gen to right. discipleship and grow. And we see this resume floating around. It's like, all right, who's, who's going to be our new boss. And so get to the point of the interview process and maybe even, pretty pretty shirt up by this point matt and mary go to go out to eat at o'charlie's <laughs> with the rest of our next gen team which i think i might be the only one still around you're the well you're not the only one le left in the church but the only but, one yeah yeah at, yeah, yeah. It's on staff. yeah the did is it am i remembering this correct did you wear a suit to o'charlie's 
I did. I did. Because do you always wear a suit when you go to a Charlie's? Uh, no, I wore a suit to the interview, Tyler, and oh. that's what I had on. I learned real quick that you guys don't dress that way. Um, but uh, yeah, I had a I had a full suit on with a tie and a button up, and uh, I think that threw everybody off a little bit. But I mean, hey, when you interview, go big, go bigger, go dress home. to impress. Yeah, dress to impress. That way, you don't have to backtrack like showing up in a t shirt and jeans and real nice in your underdress. I right? I definitely felt underdressed at O'Charlie's that day. Yeah, yeah, there were a lot of things about that meal that were different, huh? Yeah, yep, there were. So, yeah. Good time. Good time. Yeah. So you, you come on staff, and you were my boss. Yeah. What What was the best part of being my, you know, direct boss? Now you're like my boss's boss. But like, yeah. what was the well, best part about being my boss for nine it, years? It's pretty yeah, incredible. It, it took us about five years, Tyler, before you and I really got to know each other, um, where I think there was kind of a level of trust um, on both ends. And so I think, I think the best part about being your boss was thinking about things where I could walk into your office and scare you with. Like I'd walk in and I'd say stuff like, Hey, did you hear about the, what the student did? And your eyes would get real big and you'd be like, Oh my gosh, do I need to turn in my, uh, my, my two weeks notice. And yeah. I was like, uh, I don't know. And then I, you know, it'd be something dumb. Like it's, it's pretty believable. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. Especially when you were first getting to know me, like we were reaching that trust level and I was like, I think I can start joking with him. So I'd walk in and be like, Hey, this, this, this student program thing, I don't know what you're thinking, but I wouldn't name what it was. And he would come up with it on his own. Like, oh, wait, the new Bible study. Wait, wait, you don't like it. And I was like, I just don't know. And I was like, I'm kidding. And then I'd walk out. And so. Or you come in and be like that Joey Sargent kid. I can't believe he did that again. Yeah. Again. Hey, when are you, you know, are you going to deal with this? And Tyler would be like, all right, I'll, I'll turn in my uh, two weeks notice. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, about right. I think that's the best part. Tyler. Tyler no, I think you, we've, I've done it enough that uh, I think you catch on a lot quicker. Yeah, I've I've no. gotten used to it a little bit. Yeah, Especially, yeah, yeah. So, what 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 do you think about Joey being your son's grow group leader? <laughs> okay, I will say this: um, I was the next gen minister for eight and a half years, a little over eight and a half years, and I I felt like I did a good job of helping you, Tyler, like vet your volunteers and like make sure they're like people that will teach the gospel and yeah. be good examples. And then your son enters the student ministry. And you realize you need to take it to a whole nother level and you kind of regret maybe how you did some of that. Like you should have been more. And, and, uh, and so I'm, I, Joey, I'm fine with you being my, uh, son's grow group leader. I did think through, I did ask Tyler, I was like, Hey, who's going to be in my son's grow group? Who's going to be on the retreat with them, uh, in his, in his small group. And, uh, and so it just makes a lot more sense now. Um, you kind of wish I could start being the next gen minister now. Uh, I probably, things might've gone a little bit better. So yeah, you passed the test, Joey. Well, I appreciate yeah. it. Thank yeah. you. So, Thank and, you. Uh, unless you screw it up, then, um, Oh man, <laughs> even after all the stories I've told him about you, he's still cool. As you oh, that's probably, true. You that's know, true. there are probably some pretty bad ones. So, well, we just trust that you mature with age. Oh, hundred percent. Don't worry. <laughs> we are banking on that. I got my stupid phase out of the way. So oh, good. good. Even better. Even better. Thank, thank you, Jesus. So, all right. So you went through, uh, so you were next gen guy here for a long time. And then last January, Pastor John announced his retirement and yeah. you, uh, were one of the people that applied for it. Yep. Um, and you found out in August, they got it. Search voted you in. Yep. Tell us about that waiting process. How was it? What, what was it like waiting on the Lord and 
when did you know that you wanted to be a senior pastor? Yeah. So, so my, my story with that, there's, there's a lot of waiting. Uh, so I felt called to be a senior pastor as a junior in high school. Um, and I know that's not everybody's story. In fact, it's kind of unusual. Most people like change and that's, that's fine. And, and, you know, people are clarifying as they get older, but I just, I felt a real clear call to be a pastor. Um, and so I, my undergraduate was in, you know, a ministry degree. And then I took a year as an internship in LA at a ministry and then went straight to seminary. Like, I just knew that's what I wanted to do. Uh, when I graduated seminary though, I felt it was like really clear of the Lord, like, he, you know, don't step right into be a senior pastor, you know, learn from some people, learn some things. So I, I served in a little church in, um, in Denver for about two years, about two and a half years as the young adult discipleship guy. And, uh, and it was good. I learned, a, I learned a lot. I learned a lot of what theories they taught me didn't work. Uh, I learned a lot of what just meant to be there for people. Um, and, and I also learned a lot about what not to do. Um, there were a lot of things that I, I then watched other pastors do or friends would call me and say, Hey, I made this mistake. Don't make that one. And, uh, and then when I got the call here, it was my first kind of management position. So, uh, I read management books, you know, I, I knew I had, I knew how to lead, but it was different when you're not the top guy and you've got to figure out budgets and all that kind of business side stuff, as well as taking care of people and help everybody move in the right direction. So read a couple of management books, um, but I always knew I wanted to be a senior pastor. And so the, the timing worked out pretty well that when Pastor John announced his uh, his retirement, um, we um, I had just finished a, a, a mentoring program where I, where I felt God was kind of saying, now's the time. You know, now's the time to step into a senior role. And uh, so I'd actually already talked to Pastor John about that. And, and, and so when he announced it, yeah, it was like, it was like, okay, this is awesome. You know, I'm going to apply and uh, hopefully get it. And, and then, but then we had to deal with like, okay, what if this isn't the place for you? And my wife and I had to sit down and go, all right, if this is not the place, I feel called to be a senior pastor. And so I, I'll need to leave. And so I'd actually developed in my mind two plans. What happens if I become senior pastor here, but what happens if I have to leave and how do I leave? Well, how do I, um, how do I help the church through the transition, knowing that I'm not the guy. Um, and, and so that, you know, having to think, having to like come to reality with both of those, you know, where God is, you know, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like they announced it in January and I was hired in February. I mean, it was, it was eight months. And, and in that eight months, I know they're interviewing other people. I know they're looking at other people. There's probably people that are more qualified in the sense of experience. I'd never been a senior pastor. I, I had somebody, um, voice that concern to me, like, you know, how do you even know you can do this job? You've never, you've never led, you know, a church of any size, let alone of, you know, 1500. And, um, and, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of wisdom to that in some ways. Uh, and so you have all these trains of thought running through your mind of, okay, God's brought me to this point, but what's going to happen next? And you have to just, you, you have to wait. I mean, God, he never, he has never laid it out for me. And so I had to wait knowing there were two different options. I had to wait knowing that I may not be the next senior pastor um, and I might have to say goodbye to this church. Um, and so there were, there were multiple times where breakdowns too strong of a term, but where I really struggled of, you know, God, if, if this is where you want me, why is this so hard? 
Like if this is where you want me, why do I have to think about leaving? If this is where you want me, why hasn't it happened yet? And, uh, and, and with that, like God showed up every single time. I remember one time I was feeling it and I had a friend call me and I started to share my feelings and he, and, you know, he kind of put me in my place going, Matt, you know, who are you to question God? If this is where he has you, you know, what you need to do is learn how to live faithfully while you're here. Um, you know, and there was another time where I had a mentor and I said, Hey, I'm thinking about, you know, doing this, you know, like I was going to say something or I was going to write a letter or call somebody. He's like, I wouldn't do that. And it's like, why not? He's like, because if they had stuff they wanted to tell you, they would have told you, you just got to wait. So lots of prayer, lots of, um, I I wish I could say I walked through it perfectly. I did not, you know, lots of mental battles, uh, just, you know, God, I, um, I don't really like this. And, and God just, he would show up with either a Bible verse, he'd show up with a friend calling, he'd show up with my wife and I having a good conversation, Um, you know, just, but, but there was waiting. And at the end, and Pastor John, he's so tricky. Um, at one point, he knew that I was struggling with the waiting. And he, I found this out afterwards. He told the, the church council who had decided they were going to pray for a, a certain amount of time. So they're praying and they're doing what God's wanting them to do. I'm wanting to hear news of, because of my own flesh, my own desires. And Pastor John told the church council, don't take this growth opportunity away from Matt. You guys do what you're supposed to do and let God do to him what God needs to do to him. And uh, and I kind of chuckle about that because he was right. He was right. Like God was working in my heart while God while they were being obedient. And if they would have stopped early in their prayer, if they would have tried to rescue me out of that, it would have been bad for me personally. And it would have been bad for Jersey Um, because, I mean, they they sifted through. I don't know. I think it might have been over 100 resumes. Um, over a hundred resumes and they interviewed multiple people and they prayed a lot. And then they, then they called me. And what that makes me happy about is they didn't short the process. You know, they didn't just say, Oh, we all like Matt, let's hire him. They, they did what they needed to do to get the right person for Jersey. And, and I think I can say that I'm the right person without arrogance because I'm here, like because of their due diligence and following God, he brought me here, but it wasn't, uh, the waiting was tough. Um, yeah. So is that help? Is that like a good yeah. answer? Yeah. yeah. A great answer. So yeah. Wait, to sum that up, you know, waiting on the Lord's easy, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh no. Yeah. Waiting on the Lord's tough it, and it hurts. It hurts. There's something emotional about waiting for the Lord, but really what's happening is when you're waiting, especially in America, right? Like right now, if I want to look something up, I can look it up on my phone. Like all the information in the world is at my fingertips. Um, if I want to talk to somebody, I can just pick up the phone, call them. I can text them. Oh, that, that puts me in a generation, right? I did this and I didn't do yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's, I, I, I can get everything I want right now, but when you have to wait and you have to deny what you want, um, it does something inside you that shapes you more into who God wants you to be. Cause you're more willing to wait on him, especially when you see how he shows up. Like I can look back now and tell you about the growth because I saw God show up. Uh, and again, I wasn't perfect through it, um, but you know, God's gracious and and He forgives, um, but He gets you where He wants you. And I like what you said too about just staying faithful with where you're at. Mm-hmm. You That's huge. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much, oh. Joe. You got any other questions for uh, for Pastor Matt? Um, when can we schedule a time for me to teach you some some slang? 
Uh, you know what? We'll go ahead. Um, uh, after the podcast is over, I'll give you Starla Wetmore's uh, uh, contact info, and she'll set up the appointment up. All right. Sounds good. And there when will go. it be included in the sermon? Oh, geez. Oh, yeah. Well, so here's the thing. Interpreting the Bible is already hard enough. Um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll see about drip. I don't, man. Using well, words I mean, that I don't fully understand. I mean, I feel like the coat of many colors was probably drip. It was probably pretty drippy. <laughs> it probably was. It probably was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. When you preach on Genesis, you know. When I preach on Genesis, yeah. yeah there we go. Yeah, when I preach on Genesis, Genesis and the yep. story. Yeah. Joseph, okay. I bet you. I bet you. King Solomon had a lot of riz too. Yeah. I mean, you uh, can. Yeah. He, did. He, did. he had a lot of wives. Yeah. So I think you could yeah. say that King Solomon was probably goaded. You know, he's probably goaded at, at risen up his wives. I want you to record you talking to your children using these words. I yeah, you want me to try that? So good. I want to see their reaction. <laughs> well, I yeah. I, what's nice is the two younger ones aren't bringing too much home yet, but Caleb Caleb's starting to bring more and more. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's mess uh, with him. Yeah, that so would be... we'll we'll see. I'll see if he uh, if he says these words. I don't know, man. And then you can just dab him. You know, dab him. Okay. Well, okay, Dab's been around long enough. I knew yep. that one. Mm. So it's not not cool anymore, Joey. Nope, don't do that one. <laughs> all right, I guess don't dab him. All right, so. all right. Hey, Joey, Joey, are you going to put out to the uh, parents of students like one or two words from the the Gen Z and interpret it for them? You should do that. I should put. I should do it like weekly on the Instagram. I think you should. Okay. Gen Z slang no, translation translation with Joey. Yeah, I'll do that and. And you can be in the video if you want. I'll ha- I'll tell you how to explain it, and you can you can do it. You should do it with a different staff member each time. There we go. All oh, right, geez. new segment, new segment for Jobin with Teamwork. <laughs> Great idea. We love it. Take the show on the road again. Yep. All right. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Matt. Yes, we'll let thank you, you. Get back to you know sitting around doing nothing. Yeah. Um, all right. That sounds good to me. I got to take a nap. This yeah, really tires me out. There you go. All right. Thanks, guys, for having me. All yep. right. Thank you for joining us. Another episode. Jobin with Teamwork. Check us out next time, whenever that is. Have a good day. See you. Bye.